the world has changed, the economy has changed, business has changed, and a lot of people are still doing the same things that they were doing before, especially when it comes to customer and client success. This is a topic that is not talked about nearly as much as it needs to be talked about. As sales professionals, business owners, entrepreneurs, we are out there constantly prospecting, constantly putting the time to find new clients and to write new business. But we often forget about the base of clients that we have already built for ourselves. Why are we going out there to find new clients when we can ask our existing clients for referrals and testimonials and for them to tell us how we've best served them in the past? Why are we wasting our time doing that, right? But you might be saying, well, how do I do that? Well, it comes from a foundation of trust. It comes from a foundation of rapport. It comes from a foundation of having built a strong relationship with your client. And today specifically, we're going to talk about customer and customer service and customer success philosophies that will help you to build your business, get more referrals, write more business, and have a lot more fun doing so. We're going to do that with our expert and my new friend, Pierre Bouzet. But before I introduce you to Pierre today, you know the fee for the show. We don't run ads. We don't have sponsors. All that we ask is that you share this show with just one other person who could use this information as well. We're not going to interrupt your viewing experience, and you are the reason that the Be Better broadcast has grown the way that it has over the last couple years. So thank you for being the best part of the Be Better team. And without further ado, let's talk to our friend Pierre Bouzet about customer success secrets in the new modern economy. And for those who don't know Pierre, Pierre is a customer service coach, consultant, and trainer. With more than a decade of experience managing people and hospitality in many different places around the world, Pierre is helping businesses bring their customer service and long-term sales to the next level. Pierre, it's great to have you here, brother. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Brendan. Thank you so much for the very kind introduction. Absolutely. Very, very nice. Absolutely. Nice to be there. Very happy. It's a well-earned introduction, sir. And you say good morning, but it's good afternoon over there for you. For yes. everyone listening, where, where are you based out of right now? I'm actually based in North London, uh, in the borough of Barnet. It's between Hampstead and Temple Fortune, though, for those who knows. Uh, but I'm originally from uh, France, two hours yeah. your star from, uh, from London. Yes, and you can hear that, too. You can hear the, you can hear the French, right? And I feel like there's something that comes with the accent with customer service. I feel like they're synonymous with one another. I, I'm sure that's not the case, but it, it, it definitely helps, right? If only we could train the accent. Actually, it's well spotted because uh, in English language, there's a lot of French words. Uh, uh, and I think service is one of them. We say service uh, in, uh, in, uh, in French, which is coming from servitude, which is serving someone. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's one of those words that's both used in, uh, in both languages. So, yeah. Let me well, let me ask you this because you've spent a lot of years in the hospitality industry, and I think it's important for everyone listening because they're asking, well, who is this person that I'm listening to? Why should I take their advice? Especially mm -hmm. when it comes to customer success, customer service. How did you get started in this industry? You know, how did you end up in London doing what you're doing right now with Beyond Satisfaction, which is your business where you help corporations and businesses with their client success? How did you get to where you are now? Oh, that's a that's a very good question. That's it's been a a very nice adventure. So I started as a um, 
as a waiter in restaurants back in, in, in Paris just to make extra money. And then I decided to kind of make customer service my job. So I did uh, some studies in hospitality, a bachelor degree, uh, to be precise. Uh, worked in France, then moved with different management training. I was doing part of my studies in, in China. Uh, worked a little bit in the in the US, actually in Florida, where my uh, uh, part of my family lives. Oh. Uh, and then I had a very nice opportunity in um, in, in London in a five-star hotel. So I decided to move. You know, hospitality is kind of those industry where you can travel a lot. Uh, so that's why I decided to do. I just took the opportunity and uh, moved there to London. Um, and then let's say that sometime life drives you uh, in some destination you didn't know about. Uh, and then I decided to start my business uh, at the beginning of lockdown. Uh, met my partner, uh, have my dog here now in, in the UK. So it's a all, all very nice adventure. So I've been here for 10 years uh, helping um, helping hotels to deliver the best customer service. Uh, my background is mainly luxury, uh, though customer service is really for um, for any levels and is not only uh, allocated to luxury. And I would even say it's for any industry. That's right. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and we were talking about the difference between even a normal hotel and a luxury hotel, right? We were talking about like the Ritz-Carlton as an example. And we were talking about how guests will go to these hotels and they'll go to these establishments and they'll just feel the difference with the service. And it's not even something a lot of people can put their finger on to say, this is why it was so much better of an experience at the Ritz versus this other hotel. But when you dig in, you really start to see what the difference is. And sometimes, and I'm sure we'll get to things like this, but sometimes the difference can be something as simple as the words that you're using with your clients and customers. Like mm-hmm. I'll hear people and salespeople all the time and anybody really all the time where someone will say thank you and they'll reply with no problem, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what if you changed no problem to my pleasure? My, I was always about to say that one, yeah. Yeah, like the, the difference there is astronomical and someone might not think, oh, he said no problem. That's not a very That's not a very great thing to say. Like it's like a subconscious thing. When you say no problem, you're essentially you're alluding to the fact that there could have been a problem, right? Yes. <laughs> we don't realize when we say this sentence, but you spotted a very fair point. You know, like like I always used to say to to my team or when I deliver training uh, about customer service, is that every five star hotels or every luxury establishment they'll have nice decoration, nice tables, nice furnitures. Uh, expensive um, environment, etc., etc. A lot of investments. So what makes the difference between a place and another? That's all those little details. You know, that's how a customer would choose a place for uh, rather than another. Is the soul you put into this place, and this mm-hmm. soul you put into this place is a lot through your communication, your choice of you choose, you choose your choice of words, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you need to pay a lot of attention to that because uh, and it's value the investment you made because at the end of the day you just don't want to invest so much in a beautiful place if you're not delivering the service that goes with it you know it's not value valuing it and that's really important you know yes i think what you just said there is brilliant of the idea of the soul that you put into it right and i think that that speaks to even personal brands it speaks to small businesses it speaks to new companies where what is the soul that you're putting into your brand you know what is your brand conveying to people? What is your communication on social media and in person conveying to people? So I want to dive into what the soul looks like, the different components of that and how we can build it into, into one 
one really strong, powerful brand. But you obviously created Beyond Satisfaction because you saw a problem that wasn't being addressed. Because you're not going to start a business unless you can see a clear problem that you know that you can solve. So what was that problem that you spotted at the beginning of lockdown when you started Beyond Satisfaction that made you say to yourself, I need to start this business to serve and help these companies who need my help? That's that's a good question. Well, um, I think it's it started from realizing that many... Uh, many businesses they they wouldn't realize what it's included in customer experience um and many businesses they may think that customer service is only allocated like we said to hospitality or to dealing with complaints well, well actually customer experience is the whole customer journey from the moment they hear about uh, your offer until even after the service has been provided and the 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 problem uh, that i could see in in that for many businesses is that so many business owner, entrepreneurs, or managers, or salespeople, they wouldn't take all the opportunities there is in, the, in this customer journey in order to make the best impact uh, on their business. Uh, for instance, um, sometimes if you tend to have uh, kind of, a, as a salesperson, maybe a short-term vision, um, you will only uh, look to generate sales. That's your ultimate goal. But uh, the, the ultimate goal shouldn't be that. It should be to generate sales in order to provide uh, the service accordingly to what you promise to offer. And that's a totally different um, vision. Uh, the, 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 the vision you need to have as well in terms of customer experience is realizing that uh, even after your customer is, is, is finished to be your customer, uh, you still have opportunities. Uh, you still have opportunities for uh, him or her to give you feedback, uh, and even negative feedback, because that's what will help you improve. Um, sometimes as a, we have a tendency as business owners to, to forget how important it is to put ourselves in our customers' eyes, but as well how to do it. Um, and asking for feedback is one of the ways to do it. So you shouldn't only ask for feedback to get five-star ranking on, on, on Google review, but you should do it as well as an opportunity of improvement for yourself and for your business or for your team. So yeah, there's, there's really a lot of opportunities in the customer journey. And that's why I'm trying now to, uh, to do with every customers I'm helping uh, every businesses I'm, I'm working with is really to see these opportunities and make them take it so it makes the best impact on their business in the long term. Yeah, you know, it's something about that culture that you mentioned about how you get the customer or you make the sale and that's the end of the customer journey, right? You fulfill mm -hmm. what it is you told them you would fulfill. Maybe you're a coach and you coach them for three months and then the coaching is over and you never talk to them again or you very rarely reach out to them or maybe you have a commodity and you simply sell the product and that's it. Maybe they're on your email list and they get an email every month, but it's not personalized. It's not special to them. It's not unique to them. We're very much in a culture of closing the deal, right? And that mm -hmm. language I had to work on changing years ago when I went through a sales training with this gentleman named Lance Cooper. And he's got a process called sell with class. And I learned a lot from this process as a as a young adult, when I was in my early 20s, and he had this idea of changing the, the language from closing the sale to securing the client, right? Mm -hmm. And closing and securing are very different words. Again, language makes a big difference. There's all these sales books and customer service books from the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s that talk about closing the customer. But what does that mean when you close the deal? It means the door is mm -hmm. closed, right? There's no more communication. There's no more business. There's no more referrals. There's no more 
talking even with that person. But when you talk about securing the client, now you're opening the door for a long-term relationship. I remember even a few years ago with my business coach at the time, I was talking about making sales and I was talking about the sales call of when you're about to close the deal, right? And he's like, Brandon, we need to change your language. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't want you to ever call it a sales call again. He said, it's not a sales call. He said, it's an enrollment conversation. It's a conversation to talk about what it will look like now that you've enrolled that client in your services and how you will serve them. And if it makes sense for them and it makes sense for you, now you have a relationship. So Mm -hmm. my question for you, based on all that, Mm -hmm. is this shift from closing the deal to securing the relationship, obviously things have changed in today's world. Customers have all the information they need. They can go on Google, find prices. They can find other customer service experts that can help them. Like, I guess the question is, when did customer and client success change in our world? Like, and, and how did it change? What are the differences now versus then? Well, for the, for the when, I think it's, it's, it's quite hard to say, but it's definitely within the past 20 years. Um, I think it's proper to each, uh, each industry. How it changed, I think it's like you said, um, customers now, they have, I mean, you need to kind of, you need to, you need to have trust in order to kind of uh, being able to give your money to someone. And uh, it's more than true now because you have access to so many different information. You have access to uh, so many different competitors. Uh, and therefore, there's, it's a good way. It's a good thing actually for uh, for businesses because it opens so many opportunities. Uh, so it's it's all about the continuity of what you do in terms of providing the service that will make the difference. Now the the competition's high. The the a business coach you can be giving because you mentioned business coach and um, that that's the very important thing you need to do as a business coach. You can give the best ed- advice ever. The the job the impact of what a business coach says is not while you are having the meetings with a person as a coach. It will be after you've provided the services. So the continuity is crucial. It's crucial to find out uh, how the, um, the, 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 the advice you've been giving as a coach worked on the business you've been helping. And it's, it's a way to be genuine to your clients, to show that you care. And today, showing that you care is crucial because that will be a factor that will really make a difference between yourself and your competitors, more than you think, more than businesses think. Because people, people attach a lot to care and to trust. Those things are really important. Um, you know, like most, when I when I talk with other business owners or even myself, the returning clients, they, they don't only return to you because they're satisfied by, by your services, but because they feel there's a relationship that's been created, relationship of trust. They feel that there is a care coming from the person providing the services or the products that they don't have elsewhere. Mm. And those things you can only get into through customer service. And if you have this short-term sales vision where you, you think that a client is not anymore a client once the service is being provided. You will lose so much opportunity and you will spend so much time in always spending time and energy in generating new sales where you could have a great, much better customer retention and focus more on your customers that you, you already have. So, yeah.
What's up, Be Better family? It's Brandon Eastman here. And as a thank you for tuning in to the Be Better broadcast, I want to give you a very special gift. For a limited time, you can get a free digital copy of my book titled Be Extraordinary, Your Guide to Self-Mastery. This book is packed with insights and actionable steps that will help you to unlock your fullest potential in the five key areas of your life. But that's not all. Along with the book, I also want to give you the audiobook version absolutely free. Imagine having the power to transform your life right at your fingertips and in your ears anytime, anywhere. Go grab your copy at BeBetterIndustries.com slash book. You'll also find the link in the episode show notes. Go and grab your copy and join me in making a positive impact on the world. Now back to the show. Yeah, that's powerful. So let's talk about that. What are some ways in today's world that you actually help your clients to show their clients that they care. So I guess this kind of goes back to what we talked about, about the soul of things, Mm -hmm. right? The soul of what we're offering, how we communicate. So what are some practical ways that you show your clients that you care? That's a very, um, that's a very important point for customers. I think it's all about details. The care is all about details. It's all about the small attention, you know? Um, I mean, I can give a personal example. Um, to make my partner happy, I will always do those little attention every day. And that's what makes the relationship uh, with your partner working so well is because you take the time to do those little attention. It can be little tiny things, but it will make a difference. It's a little bit the same with your with your customers. Uh, it can be just a follow-up emails after a month after you've provided the service. It can be remembering the, the client's birthday uh, and sending a, a birthday email or even giving a call. Uh, it can be showing flexibility. Uh, when it comes to a uh, client's request, uh, because this will 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 be really be kind of uh, generating um, trust from the client because it shows that you care. It shows that you're genuine in doing things. You don't only, I'll uh, say, stay in your in your limits of things and you try to go above above and beyond the clientele satisfaction. There's billions of ways, and I think as well, it starts not only it starts from the beginning. You need to generate this trust straight from the beginning. Uh, which means that you cannot, that's why the direct sales vision is not good. You cannot show, um, you can, I mean, if you have an opportunity of generating a direct sales, you should go for it, of course. But you cannot give the feeling to the clients that you you only see this person as a, uh, pardon my French, but as a walking wallet, uh, <laughs> you know, um, because at the end of the day, you, you, need, to, you need to show more than that. Uh, because this, this client may have, two, three, four, ten other people uh, willing to provide them this, this service. And what will make the difference between you and your competitor? Comes back a little bit uh, to the five-star establishments. They all have, they're all looking nice. So all those little details uh, will make a difference. Your availability by email, uh, your the way you, you communicate with your clients on writing. On writing, there's a lot of nonverbal communication, you know. You always need to take time to 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 uh, to write your emails properly. You only need to take time to be available whenever uh, possible for your clients, etc. It's all those details, and I think it's all a case by case basis. That's why I always like to ask the, the businesses I'm helping specific examples, mm. um, and it's as well definitely um, managing properly their expectations. That is uh, that is. But I think that's something you want to bring up. Uh, it is, yes. Later, maybe I want to talk about that. But I like what you said. So a few things to recap there is. 
showing you care starts from the beginning, right? And yeah. to show you care, again, this sounds like obvious, but it's important. You have to actually care, right? Yeah. If you're like in a place of disparity, if you just started your business and quit your job and you're like, I need to make money, I need to make sales, then again, you're going to go at it from what you're talking about, Pierre, with a short-term vision versus a long-term vision. So before you can even begin, right? And if you've already begun, then it's time to go back to the drawing board and create that long-term vision from a place of, I truly want to make a difference and serve mm -hmm. people using my services, my unique abilities, my products. If it's just to make sales, stop now and reassess why you're doing what you're doing. Because if I was if I was hosting this broadcast right now and I didn't care, right, it would be a very different conversation with Pierre right now. And Pierre would probably have said before we even went live, I don't want to do this, right? Care is something that you can feel based on the person's words, based on the emails that you're sending, based on how you're communicating through the process, based on how you acquired the client in the first place, right? So step one, you have to actually care. And then like what you said, now that you've got the relationship, yes, fulfillment of the service is a given. Like you must do that. There is no, there's no negotiation there. You have to do that. But along with that, call them on their birthday, send a card on their birthday, send them a gift, right? If they, if they, maybe they had to let people go, maybe send flowers or maybe they lost someone important to them in their life, send them flowers or, or a, a gift during their time of mourning, whatever it is, but show them that you care. Even if it's a message on social media, show them that you care. You yeah. even said with your partner, Pierre, that you do little things every single day in order to show them that you care, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if your partner was, they, they loved getting gifts, right? But you constantly just told them, oh, you look amazing today. You look beautiful. You can do this. They're going to be like, thank you for that. But I would like a gift, right? Like there's different love languages that people have. And mm -hmm. there's a book. Have you read the book on love languages? No. Okay. So I may, I may, I may have a look at it then, you know. <laughs> I think you'll really like it because it goes hand in hand with this. It's, it's the, uh, what's the name of the book? It, it literally is just, if you Google love language book, you'll yeah. find it. But it's the, the five love languages. And essentially, I won't go over all of them, but some people have a love language that is they love physical touch. They're a hugger. They, they're touchy-touchy. There's mm -hmm. people who love acts of service. That's me. If you perform an act of service, if you, if I come home and I usually do the dishes and the laundry, but if you did one of those, I'm going to be like, wow, you are a life changer. Thank you so much. I love mm -hmm. you. Right. Some people love gifts. Some people love words of affirmation and some people love quality time. So those are the five love languages. My mm -hmm. wife's love language is quality time. So no matter how many words I say to her, no matter how many gifts I give her, she's going to feel like there's a lacking in the relationship if I'm not spending quality time with her, right? Mm -hmm. The same thing goes for your clients. So one mm -hmm. of your clients or the decision maker that you have all your communication with might be someone where words of affirmation are important to them. So when they get promoted, when they post the achievement with the team, message them and say, wow, that's incredible. They're gonna make, that's going to make them feel good. But mm -hmm. if you know they are somebody who appreciates a gift instead because of the way that they've reacted to one in the past, then send them chocolates or go on 1-800-Flowers and send them a gift. So to your point, it's important to know what each of your clients deems as important so that you can continue building that relationship in a tailored, personalized way. Definitely. It needs to be personalized and you need to adapt yourself to 
every client and every preferences, even when it goes to those little details and those signs of cares. And that's the very and it needs to be genuine. It needs to be genuine in the care you give you give, but as well in the, 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 the services you provided itself. You need to be a little bit passionate about what you do. You need to like what you do. And we're not gonna lie, we all have aspects of our businesses, our work and what we do daily that we don't like. But when it comes to servicing clients, you need to take pleasure in doing it because this will reflect in the way you're providing the services to them. If you don't do that, and that's that's something I always say to uh, to the people I'm training or when I do coaching and uh, and one-to-ones is that you really need to, to have a little bit of passion to really find out what you like in what you're doing, even asking yourself what you like in what you're doing because sometimes we have so much of a business vision that we only think of uh, what to do in order to grow the business or to maintain the, the business success. But we never think about the quality of what we do in terms of how we like what we do. You know, And I think the more you like what you do, the more you ask yourself, what do I like in what I do? Uh, uh, why do I like it? That's how you will really realize how good it is to do it on a daily basis. You know, you, you, you will always have a tendency to see the glass half empty. And I'm coming from an industry where it's so challenging. You have so much pressure that if you see the glass half empty, and you, you always have things you like and you don't like, but you need to make sure that the things you like are always stronger than the things you don't like. Many mm-hmm. when it comes to challenges, pressure, et cetera, et cetera. If you maintain this positive mindset and this passion in what you do, this will reflect it in the way you're delivering services to your clients on so many different ways. And that's really important. Yes, it is. And before we talk about those expectations that we talked about earlier, how do you help someone who is saying to you, okay, Pierre, that's all great right? I love the sales portion of things. I love building my team. Let's say they've got a team of three to five people. They're a small business Mm -hmm. and they've got a lot of clients, right? They're they're up to the brim with what they can physically do to help the clients that they have. They're where they want to be. But they say to you, Pierre, we, we just don't have the time to be constantly reaching out to our past clients to continuing to build those relationships. What would you recommend or say to that business owner who they it's not that they don't like the customer care mm-hmm. part of things, but they just don't have the time when they need to focus on building and, and, and enrolling new business. What would you say to that person? Well, I'll, I'll say that if they have the time in, in building and rolling new business, then they have the time to take care. I mean, if you have the time to care for your new coming clients, you'll have time to care for your past clients that may be a source of referrals to you. So a source of new clients, maybe uh coming back to you. Therefore, you maintain customer loyalty, customer retention. Uh, so, no, I mean, you need to you need to give, because at the end of the day, you even save time, because the more you focus on caring for the clients you have either now or you had in the past, the more you, you generate new businesses and the more you... So actually, you'll be saving time at the end. And of course, the way you, you kind of follow up with those clients, it needs to be matching with your business itself, your internal organization. It needs to be realistic. It doesn't mean that it has to be, uh, you need to spend six hours a day doing it. It can be really simple things. It can be really simple thing that makes a difference. It can be a simple email. It's just about how you organize yourself internally to follow up on that. It can be a reporting of birthday. It can be, um, I don't know, like once you finish to service a client, you put them into a, a spreadsheet. So then a month after you have kind of a, an alert, okay, it's been a month I've serviced this client, maybe we follow up. And it, it's just putting the methods in place that will... Um, that will match with your internal organization. But you, if you have time to give for new, generating new business, you have time to, to give uh, for the, the business you already have that will help you generate new business as well. 
Uh, well said. Yeah, it's about having those systems in place too to make it easier for you. And if you're someone who you're not great at creating those systems, right? We've talked to to people in the past on the show of how to create those systems, but it sounds like you probably need to bring someone in to help you create those systems, maybe even yeah. to hire someone who can focus solely on the customer care portion of things. Even if you have a customer success person or administrator that only reaches out to your past customers and nurtures them and communicates with them. And you still do it every now and then as well, but it's invaluable. Even if you need to bring someone on who's focusing on helping your business with this full time. Of course. Yeah, definitely. And that's why, I mean, there's so many uh, businesses that do that. And even myself, when I help those, those businesses, um, I always put methods in place that are realistic with the internal organization. Uh, and th- that's that's the most important because at the end of the day, you rather do less than what you wanted to do, but you still do it and it still has an impact rather than say, I'll do that much. And at the end of the day, you don't really do it or do it properly. Uh, so yeah, it needs to be realistic. That's for sure. So let me ask you about those expectations you were talking yes. about. <laughs> so I don't know what you mean by that. So I'm curious, like when you talk about mm-hmm. understanding your client's expectations, how do you go about doing that? And what does that what does that mean? Well, actually, it's the most important part. Uh, one of them, I wouldn't say the most, but definitely one of the most important part of, of customer service. Uh, it's, it's again about the customer journey. Um, you need to manage, the understand and manage your customer's expectation. Each customer have a different expectation and you need to be able to know which, which is this expectation so you deliver the services accordingly. Um, so it can be, for instance, uh, to give a specific example to illustrate that. Um, if, for example, your marketing strategy and the way you market yourself is not realistic to what you are really delivering, because again, you just you want so much to generate sales that you you kind of enhance a little bit too much uh, what you are doing, you know. And hospitality businesses can be doing that a lot. So that that's from my background, I've realized that you know the customers will not be satisfied from the moment they will uh, they will be coming, uh, they will be enjoying your services because their expectations were there and your services were there. And there's no problem your services were, were there, you know. Um, as long as what you are marketing, what you are uh, doing in terms of showing up yourself are there, match with what you are delivering. And that's really important. Sometimes it's the customer expectation themselves that is not correct. They were expecting something. Uh, they have too high expectations. They they are being sometimes too difficult, too challenging. Um, and that's your, that's your, you need to make sure that straight from the beginning, you, you put limits um, you you stand behind your products when you have to. You stand behind your prices. You are uh, having a limit to flexibility as well because if you give too much attention to one client, you may uh, reduce the attention to other clients. So that's the whole things that you need. The, the whole process that you need to do from beginning to the end to understand what his customer expectation is uh, through different signs. Uh, it can be requests. It can be complaints. Uh, it can be comments. Uh, it can be nonverbal communication. It can be um, how how quickly they expect things from you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. For instance, what I like to do when I help um, uh, businesses in terms of improving their customer experience is I'm always asking them, let's go through your your, your feedback, your customer feedback, and let's check the complaints. And on, on some occasions, I've heard from the uh, from the clients I was helping. Oh, on that occasion, the client wasn't right at all. Uh, that's not correct. And I said, I said to the client, yeah, I'm sure uh, the client wasn't right on that instance, but what is your part of responsibility in the client not being right? Because again, the, the quicker you manage the client's expectation, you anticipate uh, in avoiding uh, future complaints. 
And that's why it's really important to always focus on that. And another way to do that would be to see with your customer's eyes. Uh, because sometimes we don't understand why the client thinks this way or mm-hmm. the client says that because we never really put enough ourselves in the client's position to realize uh, what our service, what our brand looks like. And that's really important. So actually, it's a lot related to sales and marketing customer experience as well. Well, it's a recipe for disaster too, especially if you're not setting those expectations and you take on a client who has very different expectations than you of what you're going to do for them. And now you've got a nightmare client, right? And it might not be because it's a nightmare client, but again, their idea of what you were going to do for them and your idea of what you were going to do for them were very, very different. And there was a miscommunication somewhere that now you're locked in potentially with a client who's not right for you, Mm -hmm. right? So how do you discover your customer's expectations at the beginning of that relationship? How do you, how do you discover what they expect you to do for them? Or is that not the right question to be asking? No, no, it's a good question. No, no. I think it's, it's all about uh, setting the expectations even before you are in touch with your clients uh, through your terms of condition, your terms and conditions through your, uh, the way the booking process you have in place through again, your marketing strategy. Um, and giving, I think one of the main way to manage the customer expectation well is to give all the accurate information that are important for the clients to understand your offer. Um, I mean, there's, there's some people ask me what's the ideal client. And I think that every client can be an ideal client as long as you give the correct information, uh, to them. And that's really important to do that straight from the, from the beginning. Because again, like you said, you can lock yourself up with a, and dissatisfied client because you haven't anticipated on on, on things. So uh, then it's, of course, analyze the client from the beginning. Uh, there's billions of signs that will tell you uh, the expectations. Uh, a lot will be going through nonverbal communication uh, through as well little details. Uh, I mean, it can be a client that's sending you three emails a day for the same request. Um, that can be a little bit challenging. So you have to kind of, again, customer service is not is, is not only about purely and only making your clients happy is making your clients happy for the success of your business. Mm. If making your clients happy go against your business, you have to put some limits to it uh, and you have to kind of stand for your business. Uh, It can, on many occasions, it sounds surprising that a customer service expert says that, but that's crucial. That's one of the crucial things. For example, when I was working in hospitality, if I had a very demanding clients, very difficult clients, um, either in restaurants or in events, I would always make sure I give this particular care, but up to a limit so I have enough time to give care to the other clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at the end of the day, uh, other clients shouldn't pay uh, for one client being difficult. And that's, that's wow. not the trap you want to fall into. You know, That's a really good point. Absolutely. And if you don't set those expectations, now you've created a weird client business relationship. You might not fulfill their needs, even if you've given them what you said you'd give them, their expectations were different. And now they're going to tell their friends who are in the same business as them, likely they're going to post it on social media. They're going to leave you a bad review. They're going to make a complaint, right? In our digital world, now is not the time to be creating enemies with Mm -hmm. your clients, right? And what we're talking about right now is so important because this can help eliminate that from ever happening. But also for, for the flip side of things where you deliver great expectations, You know exactly what the client's outcome is. You know you can help them get there. They're very aware of how you're going to do that and what those limitations are. And now you've helped them to solve their problem or reach a specific state for themselves, right? So 
now you're in a position to get a really great customer testimonial that you mm -hmm. can use to further get more clients and referrals and all that. So there's a few things I want to touch with you before mm -hmm. I ask you specifically how you help people because I'm curious of what that looks like. I want to talk about testimonials and I want to talk about referrals, okay? Because a lot of people, I see one of two things. I see people who get a lot of great testimonials but never use them. And I also see people who deliver an incredible experience like better than so many other people I know, but they don't ask for testimonials and they don't use those testimonials. Mm -hmm. So what is the importance of a testimonial and how do you recommend businesses use testimonials effectively? Uh, I mean, that's, that's crucial. That's crucial to, to be asking every client about their feedback and giving, um, giving them the opportunity to give you uh, positive feedback testimonials. I think that's crucial to as well, like you, you perfectly say to advertise it, to show it out there. Because at the end of the day, that can be the best, even better than a beautiful website or a clear website or great marketing strategies to put out there how happy your customers are, are with your offer. And 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 I think that's that's when it comes from the heart of the customer. Because again, a customer that makes the effort to give you a testimonial, naturally, human nature is is very specific. People will naturally. Uh, Go easily to give a, to write down a, a complaint and writing down a, 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 a testimonial. So mm -hmm. if they take, make the effort to do it, it means they are really satisfied. And I think that's yeah, that's definitely important to really um, sharing out there, give give the opportunity to everybody uh, to give feedback, even to those that may not be uh, very satisfied. And again, even if for instance you got a one star review um, from uh, from a client. That was wasn't satisfied with you. You can do all the best you can. You you may still skip some stuff on customers' expectation. You may have all make misses. We're all humans, you know. Um, but the thing is, uh, if you can show out there your ability to deal with this complaint uh, and uh, and and make the clients from a complaining clients to a happy and even loyal client, that's where you really succeed. Uh, most of my uh, most loyal clients, I add. Uh, when I was working in hospitality, which is, believe me, an industry where you can be facing a lot of clients' complaints, uh, were previous complainers. Uh, there were clients that previously complained, but we've been able to show them uh, our reaction, what we did to make them from unhappy to happy. So we show care. So actually, it can be a complaint can be a tool for you to show to your clients how much you care. And it can be a tool for you to show on the on the on the market how much you care. That's why, for instance, if you go to some um, some uh, uh, how to say uh, Google reviews of some businesses where the, the review is not bad, the business owner or the manager or the, the general manager or the CEO will always take time to reply to this review. And that's very smart to do that because you're showing to the market we care for complaining clients and we care to do better. We care to make the experience from bad to better. And you can really Believe me when I say that on several instances, I had former complainers that were very satisfied with this world because we've been able to, to be there, like to be there and say, we've improved from what you told us and we showed you that we improve and we're not going to do it again. And yeah. that's, that's actually a great way of showing quality. And those complaining customers can be the greatest customers. Oh, yeah especially like what you said, if you got that Google review and I see this done one of two ways, I see sometimes you see a bad Google review and then you see the business owner comment, especially a lot of small business owners, whether it's restaurants, small local hotels, they'll go underneath 
and they'll be like, that's completely wrong. That's not how it happened. And that's a big problem, right? Because yes, some people who are like you, which is maybe 5% of people will see that and be like, yeah, get them, Joe, whoever the business owner is, right? But the other 95% are going to be like, whoa, what if I have a problem here and I post a complaint and then the business owner reacts to this complaint in this way, like the business owner's ego is just way up here. And now you're replying with ego versus replying in a way that can turn this complainer into a lifelong customer. Because what if you see that bad Google review and what if you privately reach out to the person and imagine this, imagine you get a bad review or a complaint or a miscommunication or whatever it is. And you call that customer and you say, Hey, Pierre, this is Brandon from this hotel, this restaurant, whatever. I just wanted to reach out personally because I saw your review and I want to make sure that we make this right, no matter what it takes. So because things can be misconstrued over text or email or whatever, can you explain to me what the problem is that you experience so that I can help make this right for you? And mm-hmm. then they explain it. And it's probably going to be a lot more simple than what they wrote in that long text. Like, oh, they didn't bring me new sheets or, you know, yeah. I could tell that the other bed that was never used was never changed or whatever it is. Say, listen, I, com- I, I completely understand why you'd be upset about that. And I want to make this right for you. How can I make this right for you? What's the solution look like to this for you? And they're going to tell you. Right. And some people don't want a free meal. Some people don't want the free night stay. Some people are going to say, well, you reaching out and allowing me to express myself and explain was everything that I needed here. And I really appreciate it. Now that person's going to be like, I'm going to go back there because I know if I have a problem, I'm heard. They're going to reach out. They're going to ask me. And then you as the business owner can go on that Google review. And instead of writing, you're wrong. This wasn't right. This is how it happens. That's great etc of course yeah you you can talk about what you said how you turned that customer into a happy customer you could go and say hey joe i just want to thank you for hopping on that call with me and expressed how we can make this better for you in the future i hope that that helps you so that other people reading it can be like oh wow he reached out to that customer and helped to get a resolution to that so again it's it's all about i love how you turned that from how can you use testimonials to how you can create testimonials from people who give you a complaint or bad feedback. It can be more, at the end of the day, it can be more powerful than uh, positive feedback. It can be much more powerful. And like, like you uh, rightly said, um, people out there that see this, this bad review, they don't know that the customer is incorrect. The, the customer may be incorrect, but again, what is the business owner's responsibility in that? Uh, and again, at the end of the day, you know, like the famous question is the customer is always right. I my, my simple is, is simple. No, the customer is is not always right, but you you need to your approach need to make them feel like they are. It doesn't yeah. mean that like you have to say they're right, but your approach, your nonverbal communication, the way you treat the the the, the situation needs to make them feel like that. It can still mean that you stand for your business, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But again, if ego, uh, if there's one thing that will go against dealing with complaints, it's ego. Unfortunately, you just do harm to your... And yeah, I can get it. It's really frustrating to see this one-star review, mainly if if the customer is not really right. Uh, But again, that's an opportunity for you to to take the situation in a certain way so you you just show the best, your best of your abilities in in dealing with those situations and getting the best out of it. And therefore, you're showing how much you are good in being an expert in in dealing with customers in any way. 100%. Yes, that's all very powerful. And I want to take it a step deeper with you now and talk about perhaps one of the most powerful things we can talk about for those people who do have a large client base. As an example, 
I've worked specifically with a sales professional from an insurance company for a couple of years now. And this individual is top in the ranks. She's top five in the country for this insurance company. And I asked her, what's the secret to your success? And she says, well, Brandon, I haven't prospected or looked for new clients for over eight years. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah. She's like, I don't do that. I don't like making cold calls. I don't like reaching out to people who don't know me. And I said, well, how have you done what you've done? And she said, I ask my past customers to refer me to other people I can help like them to get the same experience that I helped them with. And I was like, wow, this is brilliant. Because I see a lot of people who they get new customer, new customer, new customer. They've been in the same business for five years, six years, seven years, maybe decades. Yet they're always cold calling, cold emailing, cold prospecting. How can those people make their lives easier by instead going to their past customer base and ask for referrals? Do you have a specific way that's not salesy for people to reach back out to the people who gave great feedback or who turned from a complainer into a great customer to, to garner referrals from those clients of theirs. I think that first of all, I, I'm, I don't have a percentage, but a, a huge amount of them will naturally give this referral. Uh, because at the end of the day, when you've been uh, beyond just providing a service on all the details that we mentioned you know, on, on the care and on, how genuine uh, you are and how much you like providing your services, um, they will do it naturally. They will do it naturally. And I think, again, the way that you, just the way to, to stay in touch with them is the way is a way of staying part of their professional life, even personal life. You know, they can talk to you, they can talk about you at so many different moments. And again, I think the best, the best way of generating a business is, Business coming to you without you even knowing about it for something you did six months before, you know, mm. something, you know, that's, that's the best way. Uh, I don't think it's necessary to, to, to ask them. I mean, you can come up, you can mention it. Uh, you can mention it like in a sentence or you can mention it at the end. Feel free. If you need someone uh, to, to, if you know someone that needs help, like you, you need it, feel free to share it out. I think you can do it. The best way to do it, I will say is to do it on face to face rather than by writing. Mm. Uh, because it looks more genuine to do it face to face. Uh, it needs to be within a conversation. And um, yeah, I mean, you, you can do that. But um, again, the best the best tool in order to generate those uh, referrals from uh, former clients is the quality of your customer service and your, the quality of your care and how good you are in providing your offer. Uh, I think that's 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 the key. And that's the, the way of, it's again related to a vision. You understand that an opportunity doesn't finish once the sale's been closed, like you say, um, because the sale is not closed at all. <laughs> well, let me ask you this overarching question that goes based on that, because what you just said or what I heard you say is referrals can come naturally mm-hmm. if you simply follow the steps that we've been talking about throughout this entire conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you're asking for the referral, which I believe everyone should do, right? Because they might come naturally, but still ask for them because people want to help you, especially if you took great care of them. People just need you to tell them how they can help you, right? Because some people might think you're too busy. Some people might think that you've got too much going on. You don't need the referral. It might sound crazy. You might be like, who who thinks that? People think that. I know for a fact because I've had Mm -hmm. people tell me that. So even if you ask people, hey, listen, I've loved working with you. 
who do you know that I can help the way that I helped you who are just like you? Because I really enjoyed our time together. And I know you must know three people who you could refer me to so I can have a conversation with them too. They're going to be like, Pierre, that sounds great. Let's do that. Right. Have that conversation in person. Have it on Zoom if you're in, if you're in a virtual yeah. clinic. Don't don't send it in an email or a LinkedIn message because then they might think you're just sending it to everybody. Have it in a real exactly. conversation. It's worth the 20 minutes that you spend. And plus, that could also serve as a follow up or a touch point after the initial sale to follow up with that person, too. So it can serve several purposes. But I'm curious. When you're working with companies, what would you say? is the number one customer success secret where if you're working with a company, if you only focused on this one thing, it would help that company leaps and bounds in improving their retention and overall customer experience. Well, this one, I mean, I got already like two or three or four. So now I need to choose (laughs) one between those two or three or four. I mean, then if I have really to choose one, I'll simply say uh, the success to customer service is just to understand the positive impact it can have on your business growth because that's the step one. Even before understanding what it includes, understanding the impact it can have on your business, that's what will get you uh, to succeed uh, in terms of uh, growing your business with a great customer service. If you don't understand and you just think that customer service is only allocated to hospitality or to uh, uh, dealing with complaints, uh, then you, you're skipping a lot. And the, the second thing I would say um, is to definitely have a long-term vision. Have a long-term vision. Be patient. That's the number one thing I say to new businesses, like uh, fresh new businesses, like dealing with their first 20 to 30 clients. You need to be patient. Uh, patience will bring you a lot because that's that's the the thing sometimes why that's the reason why businesses they they kind of always aim to generate direct sales is because they're being impatient uh, they don't realize that uh, on so many different instances you can make an impact on your business it's not something that can be written on your pnl uh, at the end of the month or on your you know it, can, it cannot be written you cannot really measure it but it will make an impact in, in the long term and uh, again, like you, if you, you gave me this example of this very successful uh, business owner, uh, is because she had this, uh, this long-term vision. Mm. She realized how important it was to, uh, to do those things in terms of customer service, in terms of customer journey that will, will make an impact on your business in the years to come. And you definitely need to have it as well the more you grow. Because the more you grow, the more there is risk for you uh, to lose this customer service because the more the more employees you have, the more clients you have, the more procedures you have to put in place, the more challenges you have, the more big you are. Yes. So the more big you are, the more the more difficulties there is. So you really need to maintain it in the long term, whatever direction you go, or even if you go like this, that's amazing. But success can be dangerous as well. Mm. And uh, I had clients coming to me, oh Pierre, I have too many inquiries. I don't know from where to go. I'm I'm overwhelmed. It's because, yes, success is a good thing. But if you don't do it step by step to reach this success, uh, you, when you burn step, kind of, uh, it can bring you difficulties and challenges. Yes, a lot of businesses that grow too quickly can fail because they don't have those systems in place that we talked about to nurture those relationships. And then you got complaint, complaint, complaint. So 
Very well said. And I love how you brought it back to the beginning of that long-term vision and the belief and the understanding that customer and client success isn't an afterthought. It has to happen before anything else can happen. It has to come mm-hmm. first. And if you have that understanding, that's the very most important thing that that you can do as a business owner or a sales professional. So as a business owner or sales professional who is asking themselves, wow, this is all really great. I know that I need to put systems in place. I don't want to wing this. I want to talk to an expert in this field like Pierre because they like you because you've given us so many nuggets of information here. What does it look like when you work with a business to help them with their satisfaction to go from where they are to beyond satisfaction? And mm-hmm. I guess the question twofold, who do you help mainly and how do you help those businesses? Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I got three different offers, coaching, consulting, or training courses. Um, I obviously help hospitality businesses. There will be, because customer service is their main offer, most part of the time they'll be interested uh, with my training uh, offer. Um, in terms of my coaching and consulting, it's a lot uh, small businesses, small to medium-sized businesses. A consultancy can be for other sizes of businesses. Uh, it can be any type of professional services, any really any type of businesses who just want to improve their customer experience. Uh, I have a lot of new business owners dealing with their first 50 clients, uh, can have a lot of uh, challenges with your first clients, a lot of question marks. Again, you have this amazing offer, but will it match with dealing with the clients, with all your clients at once within one week or within one day? can be a lot challenging, and uh, this requires a lot of internal organization. It can be, like we said, some businesses... Um, that are becoming successful too quickly or um, uh, businesses that have to, yeah, just dealing with a lot of customers at once. Um, but they, I'm really open to any type of businesses. To answer your, your second question, coming uh, talking about how do I, uh, do I help? Well, I ask a lot of questions to start with because I never know how I help the business at the beginning. I don't know what I'm going to do until I have this first meeting and I ask all my questions. Uh, and I never make uh, the assumption that because they will always come to me saying, oh, that's the problem we have. I will never uh, take that for granted because on many occasions, the problem they think they have is not the real problem they have or the mm-hmm. opportunity of improvement or the, the thing they want to bring in is not the thing that they really need to bring in. I, I helped a small cafe not, not long ago um, and uh, the business owner came to me with uh, billions of ideas. Oh, um, uh, I would like to do that, this, this. And all the ideas were brilliant. But the help that he needed were really pretty much related to basics. Uh, having the proper pricing in place, the proper procedures, health, health and safety regulations in place, um, leading your team properly, um, training your team properly, uh, making your people happy. So they, so really basics. And once I've helped with that, uh, now he's implementing all those other things. And he doesn't even need me to implement those things. But he needed this help there. Uh, so I always ask a lot of questions. I always adapt myself to the business. Um, and I always um, try to dig in as much as I can. And the other thing I need to be in order to help businesses is being honest. Uh, sometimes you need to. I need to have those courageous conversations um, and saying the things the way they are. Mm. Uh, because the, sometimes the thing the most difficult to hear can be the most helpful, uh, the most helpful to you. Uh, but I'm a naturally kind person, so it always go very well. Uh, <laughs> I say it. <laughs> I can see that 100%. Guys, what I'm going to say to that is don't reinvent the wheel. Work with Pierre. Allow him to ask those questions he's going to ask because he'll ask you 
five, 10 questions that you never even thought about that might bring some solutions in themselves because now you've got someone who only focuses on customer satisfaction and client success to help you to build your business, take care of your clients and get more business as a result. So Pierre, where's the best place where people can contact you and find out more about what you do and how you can help them? Uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is very good. My LinkedIn profile. Um, my website, uh, beyondsatisfaction.co.uk. You can directly reach out to me there. You'll have my, my contact details. Uh, and I think you even have my phone number there. So yeah, you can even give me give me a call. If you're based in the US, maybe don't call me. It may be an expensive phone call. <laughs> <laughs> it might be worth it though. That might be the best phone call yeah. they make no matter how much money it costs. <laughs> Thank you very much. Very kind of you. But yeah, no, link, my LinkedIn page uh, or my uh, website uh, is perfect. Okay. Awesome. Pierre, thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and your experiences and practical information. And I'm really glad that we made this happen, sir. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Brennan. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to to talk and doing this uh, broadcast with you. And uh, yeah, I really appreciated it. So thanks. My pleasure, sir. Thank you again. Guys, you got it here. You got the tips, you've got the information, but most importantly, I hope that you have the understanding of the importance of having the mindset of client success from the very, very, very beginning of your business. And if you're not at the beginning, then adopting that belief now that client success must come first and creating a business that's going to stand the test of time, serve your clients in a beautiful way, take them beyond satisfaction and get even more clients as a result to rinse and repeat the process over and over and over again. If you took value from this episode with Pierre, share the show with just one person who could use it so that they can get this information as well. You're the reason the show has grown the way it has, and I thank you for being the best part of the team. Pierre's LinkedIn profile, his website, and his email are below so that you can reach out to him and find out how he can help you with your business, no matter how small your business is. If you're a small business, this might be even that much more important for you to take Pierre up on how he can help you. So check out those links in the description. And as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. And until we talk again next time, continue to be better.